be brief because I know we have a reception out in the lobby and I know that some of you may have desserts on the mind here, but it's good for us to give attention to God's Word and uh, this, I think this particular passage for me is one of these ones that's kind of seems overwhelming, so you're like, man, that sounds great in theory, but who really does that? And it's these particular imperatives in First Thessalonians, to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That sounds pretty overwhelming, doesn't it? And a lot of people today talk about uh, God's will. They want to know, what, what is... What is God's will for my life? You know, what should I do? And um, there are secret things that belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us, and some things are very clear. And twice in 1 Thessalonians, we are told, this is the will of God. And I think they're connected. So what's the first one? This is the will of God, your sanctification, 1 Thessalonians 4 three to five, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in a passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. And then one chapter later, what I just read, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I do think the two are connected, that if we're thankful people, then we're not going to be given to uh, lust, to greed, to selfishness. We're going to be a grateful people. And Ephesians puts those two together in chapter 5 where we're told to be imitators of God as beloved children, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as proper among saints, let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So I think the idea here of being able to be thankful and giving thanks in all circumstances is this idea of having a transcendent uh, thanksgiving. And the idea is that your thanksgiving is not based on your circumstances. It's based on something that's transcendent. It's eternal. And that would be our salvation. And when we have that in place, then all the rest of the things that happen to us, we can, we can be joyful always. We can continue in a state of prayer and we can uh, give thanks in all um, because we realize that God is holding us fast. As we sang this morning, because my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. Isn't that great news for our souls? So think about this text, I'm going to read it, and I just want you to think about the alls uh, and the always in this text. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 to 18, he says, we urge you brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. So we got three categories and then we got an overarcher to be patient with all of them, but you got to get the right categories. 
for people. And I think this will help us as we think through being even being thankful. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to, to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. That's just another word for pray, pray always. Give thanks in, in all circumstances. Uh, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do you notice how most of these verses here focus in on an all or an always? And, um, and so the idea here is that we are to be patient with everybody. We're to always pursue the word seek is literally the dioko in Greek. It's to per, we're to pursue good to one another in the body. That's the one another idea. But then to everybody, we are to be about pursuing good. We are to rejoice always, pray without ceasing or pray constantly, and give thanks in all. And the circumstances, that word's not in the original language. It's completely supplied. And I think it's in all the context of what we just read about. As you're dealing with situations where I look out at the church and I see sometimes that people, um, these different categories, you'll see some people that need to be admonished. The idea of idle is, is actually a military term for people that aren't doing their job. So the military, the, the idea is that someone's been given orders and now they're shirking their responsibilities and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're looking to avoid responsibility. That's the idea of they're to be admonished. So we've got people that have the ability to do it and they're not doing it. They need to be admonished. And the idea of admonishing them is to warn them, uh, rebuke them, incur, uh, instruct them. And then you have those that are just faint-hearted. And the idea here is that people that are just despondent, discouraged, and they really think they're losing heart and they're wondering, can I really do what God is asking me to do? or whatever, you know, the circumstances just seem too great. And they need encouragement. And the word there is the idea of bringing comfort, consolation, encouragement that you can do this. And we have plenty of people uh, that are in that category. And the problem is sometimes these categories get mixed, right? Some people are a blend of, of many of these. But then we have this next category of, of helping the weak. And the weak is, is the idea of those that are ill, uh, those that are handicapped, those that are unable to do uh, certain functions in life. And the idea of help is really, it's much stronger than that. It's be devoted to them. It is commit yourself to them. It is a much stronger word than help. The idea, you know, hey, can you help me take out the trash? It's kind of going to be a one and done. This is actually the idea of uh, this word is used when it's like committing to doctrine. You're to be devoted to doctrine. You're to hold firmly. This here is the idea of hold firmly to these people. They're going to need help, and it's going to be a lifetime. And we see that in our church in many instances where people need a lifetime of help. And they need to be firmly committed to. And so in, in each of these, you've got these different categories of how we love the body, but then we have a catch-all is be patient with them all. And I think sometimes if we get the categories mixed up, you know, if somebody's not able to, to if they're weak and you're just trying to admonish them, how's that gonna go over? 
they're not able to, you know, and if you're trying to take somebody who's idle and now you're just trying to help them when they actually need to be admonished that, no, you need to be doing this. And so sometimes we have to have the wisdom to know which category they need. But then he goes on and says that we are to look out for one another. We're to see to it. This is a community project. Make sure nobody repays evil for evil, but overcome, you know, we're to overcome evil with good. And so we're to make sure that doesn't happen in the body. And we're to always be pursuing good to one another and to the community, to everyone. And then he goes into this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all. Well, how do we do that? Well, as I mentioned, I think it's this idea of having this transcendent uh, category for thinking through this. Now, when you think about a couple of the passages in Scripture that are real clear to us, about being joyful always, it might help connect some dots for us of this transcendent idea. The idea is that it's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, and now that we're in Christ Jesus, we're in Christ Jesus forever, and he loses none. And he goes on at the end of this text and says, he, he who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He who began a good work, he's gonna complete it. And so we're to be joyful and thankful even in the midst of when hard things come. Think about these passages and connect the dots. So we have Romans 5, 2 to 5, where we're told that through Christ we've obtained access by faith into this grace into which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Why is that? Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts to the Holy Spirit who, who has been given to us. So we're to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God but we rejoice in our sufferings because it's building something deep in us. It's producing endurance and character. Then we remember the beginning of James. Count it all joy, my brothers, Whenever you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the same idea is that God is bringing these trials, and in the midst of them, we can rejoice always, and we can give thanks, because God is using these hardships to actually build character, and to build hope, and to build us up for eternity, to change our thinking. And then we remember 1 Peter, the beginning of 1 Peter. We're told we have an, imper an imperishable hilarious. Let's go with this here. My battery died. Okay. Perfect timing. You have an inheritance in heaven that is unfading, even though that just faded out. Kept in heaven for you. And it says we're being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found a result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him 
and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so here, it's just these three passages remind us that, wait a minute, God is, has a bigger purpose. And so when you have that transcendent uh, thanksgiving and that joy in place because we know that we're in Christ and everything's going to be okay, it's kind of like you're watching a game, but we, we know what the outcome's going to be. We've already, it's already popped up on our screen. We know who's going to win. And so we don't have to get totally bent out of shape as things look like they're going awry. And it can give us perspective. Now, I, I grant that for many of us, like myself, this sounds great on Sunday night. But how about Monday, you know, afternoon or, you know, my last Monday, I went to the Motor Vehicles Association. And I went to get my new license that has been mandated. And I had to bring all these different documents to the MVA. And I couldn't find my passport. I couldn't find my Social Security card. But thankfully, I was able to come up with some Social Security identification and a pass, uh, birth certificate and off to the MVA Express and if you think express means faster, see, that is where expectations can really lead to a lack of thanksgiving. <laughs> so I went to the MBA, and I got there, and the place was just packed. And I thought, I'm going to beat the system. Because I've, I got a men's small group in the morning. I got some groceries I need to get. And I'm going to get my ticket. And I'm going to cruise on over to the Weiss. And I am going to take care. All I needed, needed was get a dozen bagels, a tub of cream cheese, and a gallon of orange juice, piece of cake. And they told me it was going to be a 30 to 60 minute wait when I got my ticket. So out the door I went. And I cruised on over to the Weiss, thinking that I was going to beat the system. And so I went over there, and everything went fine. I got the stuff really fast. But there was only one register working at the front. And the line was 10 deep. But I thought to myself, I will surely beat all of these people because there'll be another aisle that will open up. And like Wayne Gretzky, you got to skate to where the puck's going to be. Not, you know. So I could just sense one was coming. And they announced number six was opening. And there I was. But there was a communication breakdown. And they called an audible. And nobody went to six. They went to one. So I went from first to last because, all right, so it was not looking good. So I get out of the Weiss, which took a while, and I decided I'd bring my car around to begin with, mistake number three. Now I couldn't find a parking spot back at the MVA. It's packed, like I said, so now I gotta wait to even get in there. So I finally get into the MVA, and they said, now calling, L84, and I'm L82. But I thought, I'll just sneak in and Lil let me in. So I went up real quick. Hey, can you guys let me in, you know? And they, no, no. The numbers recirculate, is what they told me. You have a seat. And so I thought, well, I'll have time to work on a Thanksgiving talk while I'm sitting here. <laughs> and so I was sitting there stewing, and I waited about a half an hour as the numbers kept going north and there's no recirculating. And so I went and I got in line again, because I thought, well, 
I'll get two numbers. If they call the old one, I'll sneak back out of line and I'm good. But otherwise, I might as well start over. Well, what do you think happened? They never recirculated. And I ended up two hours at the MVA because I thought that I would beat the system. Now, what in the world does this have to do with our talk here tonight? Well, here's the reality. Once I sat down and got over myself, I realized the reason that I'm upset as I'm sitting here is because I think too much of myself. And I'm impatient because I want everybody to serve me. And maybe being here and just sitting and waiting with this crowd of people is actually the best thing for me. And maybe it'll get me to slow down and to be thankful for all the, that we actually have an MVA that actually works. And uh, in other countries, sometimes this can be a two or three days, sometimes can be a week to even get through this process. And it's a continual moving target. You're not even sure what you need to even bring. So as I worked through that process, when I got up front, I was also able to talk to the lady about a joke that uh, I was preparing a message on Thanksgiving, and uh, we were able to laugh a little bit about my two-hour wait. And um, so here's the, the reality is when we keep the big picture before us, we are able to be thankful in all, all circumstances because we are in Christ Jesus and we have something that even though the waves go up and they go down, we're going to our destination and our destination is not gonna be stopped or taken from us. And so we can rejoice as we go to our Thanksgiving and as we go to our week and some of the stresses that will be before us, particularly if you're driving on a Wednesday evening or a Sunday evening, I'll pray for you now. As you get anywhere near Richmond and beyond, uh, it gets crazy. And we need the Lord to give us patience. So, but let's be thankful in all things. Let's pray together. Father, keep the big picture before us. And we do pray that you would help us, Lord, to bear good fruit, to be patient with all, to do good to everyone, to one another, to pursue that good. We pray that, Lord, even these commands that seem daunting may be a joy to us to be thankful, to be joyful, prayerful, trusting you. We thank you that you are, your Holy Spirit is at work in us to sanctify us and make us more like you every day. And we ask that you keep chipping away at us. Um, We pray that, Lord, those who've been grieved by various trials that have come over this past season of life, that they'd be able to rejoice with joy and expressible, knowing they're obtaining the outcome of their faith, the salvation of their souls. And we pray that that would be a buoy for each of us here. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.